Howdy, howdy. Good morning, green team. So nice to see you again today. And I'm really excited because this morning, well, it's at least morning our time. I'm not sure if it is uh, where you are. Uh, so welcome, everybody. Please uh, hop into the chat. Let us know where you're joining from, all that good stuff. Um, and I'm here with Jasmine Barco. And Jasmine is going to be talking about 2A, which is a Denver climate action um, initiative that's on the ballot right now. I dropped off my my ballot uh, two days ago, I guess. It was so exciting to, to get that done. And um, so whether or not you're in Denver, if you're not in Denver, I think that you're still going to really benefit from hanging out with us because you know, a big thing that happens is those of us who care about this are pushing our cities, take action. And a lot of times the word comes back, yeah, well, we'd love to, but we can't fund it. And so this is a strategy to actually fund all the climate action that that we want to see happen, or at least have it be a start. Um, so with that, I just want to say hi, Jasmine, welcome. Hello. Hi. Um, I just heard from Sebastian. He is on his way as well. Um, so he'll be joining us sometime in the near future. But yeah. Hi, everyone. My name is Jasmine Barco. I um, was on the Climate Action Task Force as the waste expert. Um, so for those who don't know, the task force was made up of uh, 26 different Denver residents and stakeholders um, being you know, they're all experts from like solar to oil and gas, from conservation to real estate, from youth to BIPOC communities. Um, and the work of the task force really had an equity lens. Um, hey. And so, oh, hi, Sebastian. Welcome. Hold on, I'm not getting <laughs> I just introduced myself. Um, yeah, if you want to introduce yourself too. <laughs> as a task force. Hi, Sebastian. Welcome. <laughs> we, we're just getting started. Um, so Jasmine was just talking about her role on the task force as the, uh, the waste um, expert. And so welcome. And uh, thanks so much for being part of this. But do you want to introduce yourself real quick before we get started? Yeah, of course. Um, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. Uh, my name is Sebastian Andrews. I was also a member of the 2020 Denver Climate Action Task Force. Um, I kind of bounced around. I didn't really have one niche uh, like Jasmine did, but I was on there representing the, the Youth Sustainability Board, which is that that's promoting a lot of the same environmental sustainability ideals and trying to make sustainability, kind of an everyday norm uh, in, in a very similar way to the task force. Awesome. All right, great. Well, that was that was a great intro. Um, so, you know, the, what we're doing today on the Green Team Academy podcast is that we want to be talking with people about why, why you think people should vote for that and what, what it is in general, um, as well as we have lots of folks that join us from around the world, as well as just this idea um, and letting people know that this is something that they might want to pursue uh, in their community as a way to fund climate action. Um, so 
do you want to do you want to do slides or do you want to just do kind of a a discussion? I was going to ask you about why you know what was the impetus uh, for this whole thing. Um, I think let's go, let's go with more of the discussion. I'm I'm kind of sick of the slides. Let's just let's just have. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds great. That sounds good. Yeah. And we just have like 30 minutes, so we'll do that. Um, yeah. So, so what would you say, what is the, what was the main reason that, that this whole climate action task force got started? Um, Jasmine, follow up with my answer, please. But I, I think really the reason is that you know, the city was looking for a, a really concrete way to, um, you know, establish, you know, a very robust climate action plan. They knew this was a problem. There was outside pressure telling them that, that, that it was a massive problem, that there needed to be a solution. And one of those main groups was Resilient Denver, who basically teed up the whole task force process in exchange for dropping um, in, in energy tax back in 2019. Uh, the, the city council and, and the mayor both unanimously agreed to um, establish the Office of Climate Action, Sustainability and Resiliency, which was then going to run the Denver Climate Action Task Force, which was like, I guess if I had to really describe the impetus, it was to basically let residents of Denver, let, let Denverites or, or, or a very representative group of Denverites decide how are we going to not only mitigate our own carbon footprint and mitigate our own greenhouse gas footprint, but also make sure that we're ready for some of the effects of the climate crisis. That was very well said. Um, and then this goes for anyone listening wherever the power of organized people can make a difference in the city level. So what they did was go around and collect signatures. Um, they created a ballot initiative saying, you know, the different things that Ashton just mentioned, like um, consolidating the the Office of Climate Resiliency, Sustainability and Adaption. I think <laughs> it's such a long name, not quite sure. But um, but yeah, I mean, their their climate change is happening now just within um a five minute walking distance from my house. I have this pond that is filled by runoff water and for the first time in my life and i've been here over 20 years the pond is about 10 percent full so it's really scary to see that our water supply is dwindling and colorado is such a water rich state as well um, so the time to create action is now and so they went around they created this ballot language they got the adequate signatures and the city was, of course, a little bit scared. They're like, okay, hold up. This is a lot. We need to study it more. So then that is what gave them the motivation to create this climate action task force, which was created of over 26 different um, residents and experts within the city working on sustainability um, and equity to really come together, put a report together with three different phases. So like phase one is 2020 to 2022, phase two, uh, 2023 to 25, and phase three, 2026 to 2030. And, um, and we can definitely link to that report. Um, it's over 100 pages, but it sets a good time frame for what we should do in Denver. Nice. That was a great, that was a great background to that. And I think, you know, what, so kind of the key takeaway is that 
the it's the residents that start organizing and start pushing. So the uh, remembering now as you're talking through it that the way it happened was say that residents organizing and that resilient Denver saying, all right, you guys aren't doing this, let's get it on the ballot. And it was that pressure to put it on the ballot that kind of ended up with a divided city council and mayor and kind of a conflict. And they said, all right, let's let's study it. Let's work together. Let's make sure that if we do pass this, we're doing something reasonable. And it was that push from the residents. And it's always the push from the residents that make it happen. Um, and I think this is the number one thing that most uh, environmentalists don't get. They think, okay, if we do our recycling and whatever, then of course the city's going to do something reasonable. But really the way that city government works is that the people push. The people are the leaders, not the other way around. Um, all right. So, okay. So we've got the, the stakeholder group is going and then this big report comes out. And so now the, the ballot is on the, or this initiative is on the ballot. And so Sebastian, do you want to start by telling us what exactly are people voting for? And how did that, you know, what kind of money would that generate? What kind of impact would that have to, to individual voters um, as a starting point? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I could drown your audience in the details of this thing, but really what it is, is it's just- We only have 30 minutes. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we'll just be gasping for air. We won't completely- <laughs> I had to go, you know, summarize it really succinctly. I'd say really what 2A, the Proposition 2A, the, the measure that's on the ballot does is it allows the task force solutions to come to, come to life and it also allows all the solutions that, that the task force outlined uh, to be carried about um, equitably and, and made sure that basically all the solutions um, are, are available to all segments of the Denver population. So really what, what the funding does, you know, we have a lot of tools that we realize are in our policy toolbox per se um, to get where we need to be on greenhouse gas emissions reductions. But really what the funding does is it allows us to subsidize and incentivize a lot of those specific solutions, services, and programs, um, and, and target them towards some of our more under-resourced communities in Denver. And so, making sure that everyone can be a part of the solution. It actually, you know, not just I would say, especially uh, those communities who have been, you know, historically most impacted by both climate change and kind of the extreme weather events and the pollution that come along with it as well as the man-made pollution in the ground level ozone that we have in the city. And so, again, like I said, so much of the task force report is just, uh, again, making sure we can get to the footprint where we need to be uh, as a city and making sure we're do we, we have that responsibility as a city, but also making sure that, that all of us are, are ready for what's to come. I mean, that's pretty cool because I think all of the, those of us working in the environmental field for a long time have known that it's, it's environmental injustice that we're seeing, that that is the root of it. And so it's been really interesting to see the racial awakening at the same time. That is another way to shine a light on what's been going on, because obviously these, the big corporations that are making money from pollution in communities of color and in lower income communities, that is, 
that's the root of, of a lot of the stuff that we're talking about. And so it's really good to see that this uh, climate action plan would be would be focusing on some of those. Um, and you know, and to be honest, Denver has had a very mixed relationship with that, you know, just at the Sustainable Denver Summit, where they were, you know, really highlighting indigenous voices, youth voices, and also they had Suncor Refinery as one of their one of their sponsors. And so, you know, they're they've had a rough go of sorting it out. Um, and and so I think this extra pressure is is really important. Um, how about you, Jazz? What did did you want to add something as far as the actual what about the actual dollar impact of how much money would this raise and how would it actually feel to a um, a voter? Yeah. So it's a 0.25% sales tax increase. So if you bought something for $10, that would be two cents, um, 2.5 cents. And it actually doesn't apply to food, fuel, water, medical, or hygiene products. Um, and so, yeah. <laughs> um, previously, 0.25% uh, sales tax increases have brought in around $40 million. Of course, that number is always fluctuating because we don't, you know, we don't, given COVID, we don't know how many people are coming to Denver to visit and spend money and just travel around or, um, so it might not be 40 million, but we're not sure. What is really cool about this though, is that 50% um, will go to those underserved communities that are most affected by climate change. So in a perfect world or in a world where we were last year, that would be $20 million. Wow, that is, that's really huge. And so what does that look like as far as the actual office of climate action, sustainability and resilience? <laughs> um, just rolls right off the tongue. <laughs> um, but yeah, what does that look like as far as the, the office itself, as far as number of people they would be including there? So I think their current staff number is up to nine now. And so that actually, um, 2A won't fund that office. That office is already being funded through the mayor's general fund. That was an agreement that came out of 2019 when the office was actually established. But, um, you know, I think one really important thing about, to, to note about the office is, uh, you know, just as it began with a resident-led resident public in input process, it's going to continue to remain that way. Um, you're gonna have the Sustainability Advisory Council overseeing all of the actions on a, on a multi times a year basis, basically. You're gonna see that the Sustainability Advisory Council is also receiving three year planned revenue uses and one year uh, revenue report outs on, on basically how the revenue was used that year to, to you know, basically tackle and start to implement some of the solutions of the Climate Action Task Force. And then furthermore, there's going to be five to six other task forces or, or kind of mini task forces created with uh, roughly 20 residents each overseeing each of the areas of, of implementation. So in, in roughly those areas of implementation are going to be transportation, buildings and homes, um, electricity supply, consumption of waste and adaptation and resiliency. Cool. 
so exciting. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, like I, my initial foray into a lot of this, I mean, well, I grew up in Denver. My first poem that I published was about air pollution when I was 10. Um, and Sebastian, what school did you go to? I just graduated from Denver School of the Arts. Denver School of the Arts. Okay. I went to East High School. Um, and, you know, there's there's no way in heck I ever thought that taking care of the environment was not going to make it to being a priority. I just turned 60 yesterday and it's like, what the heck just happened in the last 40 years that it still didn't manage to be a priority. Um, so it, this is, this is really important stuff. Um, and I had a question about that, but I just lost it. Um, so, so you're saying, um, so I was going to ask you, Sebastian, as far as being somebody that has just graduated, um, what, what would you recommend for other youth that I, I think a lot of the messaging um, around, around getting involved is participating in a climate strike, um, signing camp, signing petitions, um, and that from my experience, that the whole work together as a small group in your community make things happen. That's what the book Climate Action Challenge is about. That's what the 2020 International Climate Action Challenge is about. And we see people doing, I was just telling Jasmine before we got started, one of our guys in Uganda just, or Kenya just posted, oh, I planted 7,000 trees last week. Like last week. And I said, where did you get the trees? And he goes, we grew them. And I said, how did you grow them? And he said, we grew them from seeds. And we're going to plant 5,000 next week because his goal is a million. Um, but, you know, that is the thing is that when people get involved, they're empowered to to actually make change. So what would you, what would be your message to the youth that are, just kind of frustrated and rightly so because it you know we, we've created a really tricky situation for people going forward but what would you be your your um, suggestion to people whether they're in Denver or anywhere in the world sure I mean as a youth I think or you know as someone who's my generation or, or younger uh, or slightly older too you know I think the biggest thing to remember is that I walked into the task force, which was, uh, you know, basically a room full of 25 other big wigs in Denver sustainability and, and also, you know, various and, and also contentious areas of, uh, of of basically Denver's economy and Denver's commu various communities. I mean, you had uh, you basically had oil and gas. You also had environmental conservation. You had real estate. You had small business, also youth and uh bipoc representatives on the task force so really what i'd say is you know yeah of course i was intimidated in that first meeting i walked in with total sweaty palms but i came out of it knowing that you know i i felt like a i felt like a leader i felt like you know people listened especially because they knew that i was going to be on this uh, on this earth longer than anyone on the task force that is to say in another way that i was the youngest one on the task force um and, and so what i'd say is is really that don't don't ever limit yourself because of your age. It doesn't mean you can't go sit at a table and design policy for, for where you live and beyond. It doesn't mean you can't go talk to policymakers who, who are making those decisions and, 
and influence them and, and tell them what you want and tell them what you think is going to be effective and fight hard. And also, you know, before getting that table, you know, fight hard to get to the table first, fight hard to get to the table where you are able to make those decisions, where you are able to have the ear of the policymakers who are making the decisions. Because at this point with, with the climate crisis on the horizon, you have the right to talk to anyone older like than you, like this is an issue that directly affects you and like an issue that they should listen to you about. Yeah, that's a really good point. It's maybe you have a right and maybe even a responsibility. I mean, I think that's what we're learning when you engage with city government is that they're, they have to get input to direct their policies. And if we don't step up and make that happen, then, um, then they don't, they don't know. Exactly. So that's pretty cool. Well, and also the fact that you were selected because it was not everybody got on. I didn't get on. They didn't choose me. Um, but you know, it was also based on your previous efforts of of being an organizer in your own school and doing what you can where you are lays that that reputation um, exactly. forward. Um, okay, cool. Thank you for saying that. Um, and Jasmine, I was thinking, did you want to share a little bit about what this looks like in some of the communities of color? We were talking earlier about um, what an organization like Groundwork is doing, or um, because that, that seems like a really good example of how to to really engage and make the benefits happen where people that have been underserved um, are, are living. Um, so two years ago, ballot 2A was passed. <laughs> Funny enough, it had the same name, um, but that was also 0.25% sales tax increase that went directly to Denver Parks and Rec. So they're getting around $40 million. They also have five buckets of where they should spend this money. And um, we have money for street trees. So in areas like Globale, Illyria, Swansea, in the past, um, there have been racist redlining practices. And so if you look at a map of Denver, they call it the L or the banana, um, which is um, an area which is like Globale, Illyria, Swansea, then it goes down through Sunnyside, and then it curves back up to um, Westwood. And that area is significantly hotter than all of the other areas in Denver because all of the other areas have had the money and the resources to be able to plant trees. So um, it's less dusty. There were previously a lot of winds um, over the past couple of days here in Denver. And I drove over to Globale Area Swansea and it was like a dust storm. There was dust everywhere and it was really crazy to see that just further south there was none of that dust because there there's adequate vegetation cover um so the city has been an amazing leader when it comes to including equity um, within their policy so later in the winter uh, we will be having a couple of workshops with the city forester and the community to together look at maps and identify areas where street trees should be planted. Um, interestingly enough, the community does have some concerns when it comes to street trees. For example, in Denver, if your sidewalk is cracked or um, damaged in some way, it's up to the person who lives adjacent to that sidewalk to replace it 
that could be a $5,000 bill. And so people were nervous about tree roots and in the future, those tree roots coming up and breaking the sidewalk. Um, but there are mitigation strategies. For example, you can plant a pipe next to the tree that will go underneath its roots. And so you, when you water the tree, you actually water the pipe and then the water goes directly under to the roots and then the roots don't have any need to go up to the surface um, to try to gather water. And so it's been through these things. Um, tree maintenance is another big concern with the community, especially with the elderly, because they don't, you know, they can't be climbing up on ladders to prune trees, for example. Um, so we're talking through all of these things. And then of course the city has some obstacles as well. Perhaps a street doesn't have enough space for a street tree. Um, so we're looking at creative solutions um, with the city and the people. Um, together in the same space, we'll be looking at maps. We'll be creating a schedule for tree, uh, street tree plantings in the spring of 2021 to late fall. That is, that's so cool. And that's, so the work that you're doing is via Groundwork Denver as part of all these partnerships. I'm just going to post into the chat there that link to the, um, that New York Times article that has the, the redlining and the connection to global warming and um, to trees, which was really an amazing resource. So if you haven't already seen that article. Um, then actually, I have a better resource for you where you can actually see the maps. Oh, um, cool. so yeah, maybe okay. I, that might not have been the right one because I did look at those maps and it's it's incredible uh, to see that the the redlining and the trees mm -hmm. and the temperatures and yeah, not even thinking about like you said as the dust storm um, and just the the quality of life and the stories of people walking a couple miles to get to a park where there are trees because there aren't um, in their neighborhoods. And I, I think during COVID, you know, COVID has had a lot of silver linings and that is one of them is that we realize, okay, well, a lot of the more consumeristic things that we did for entertainment, like going out to eat and going to a bar and um, going to a movie, those are all limited. But going to a park, wow, that's a that's really showing Mother Nature is shining back through again, as always, going, I got this. <laughs> it's, it's right here, but only if it's accessible um, and the fact that it's only in certain areas. Uh, let's see. I think, Jasmine, did you put that in the chat? Yes. Um, I'm going to, I think that might be in the private chat. Let me put that over it to is. the other one. Um, okay. Okay, I'll put that. And so going forward, what are some ways that people can get involved? So beyond, if you're in Denver, then you're saying vote for 2A. I definitely did. I thought the wording was kind of confusing on that, that um, it wasn't really clearly marked as, I mean, the, the wording starts with other than food and whatever and fuel, and it like later got into the topic um, and it kind of confused itself with the next thing on the ballot. So definitely take your time, make sure that you read and look for that if you're in Denver. Um, but what are some ways that people can get involved 
uh, and I know you have some town halls coming up. Um, Jasmine, do you want to mention those times? Yeah, so in a couple of days on the 15th, there's one in the morning and one um, in the evening from 6 to 7.30. I'll be doing the one in the evening. Um, like I say, I'll be talking trash since that is uh, one of my areas of expertise. Um, and yeah, I definitely recommend to join in. Um, we'll talk more about the plan. Um, I also recommend looking into the 2020 report that the Climate Action Task Force came up with. Um, it's just a very detailed plan of where, just roadmap of where Denver should be going um, in a perfect world for sustainability. Great. Um, and I think we have in the initial notes, but um, is there anywhere, where would you suggest people go for the best information on all of this, um, Sebastian? Sure, climateactiondenver.com is an awesome place both to get some info what you and also how to kind of get involved in the final day here where we're making the final campaign push to get over the line and ensure that Denver overwhelmingly votes yes on this thing. Awesome, all right. Okay, well, thank you both so much for joining us. And I'm really excited about this because, you know, my personal experience has been starting a green team in Denver. Well, first growing up in Denver and then coming back, you know, and my mom was in the same house for 50 years and people are still planting big, huge, or still have their big, huge lawns in, even though our population's growing, they've been urging, been urged to do different things. Um, but then when we started a green team, the people got together, made a difference. And I know the sustainable neighborhood program is awesome, but has been at capacity, not adding more folks. And that's part of what the impetus for the climate action challenge was giving people structure to figure out how to get together and take action in 90 days. So I would definitely recommend that you head over to climateactionchallenge.net. You can get the book, the workbook. And if you look down the list of challengers, you're gonna be blown away by what people are doing in the Philippines, in Denver, in, um, in Uganda, of just amazing stuff, something they see in their community and they're like, we can figure this out. We've got two young women in the Philippines are like, why don't we start 50 community gardens for families that were just recently displaced? And they're just doing it. And so this, this really is a good segue. And they're using that structure to, to do it. And so I think the Climate Action Challenge is something that every city can use as a way to mentor and mobilize um, teams. And so this is a really, there's a lot of overlap here. So happy to be um, seeing all the great work that you guys did and all the exciting meetings that you endured with the stakeholders group <laughs> that that says something right there uh, to your commitment uh so any other last little notes that we should um sign off on as we're heading out here i don't think so i loved your last note of of, of just doing it uh that's truly the 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 only thing you can do and it starts you know all the change that we're talking about it starts right where you live that's why you know we did this right here in denver yeah exactly and it feels better it feels a lot better to do stuff than it oh, yeah. does to just mm -hmm. worry about it um how about you jazz any parting thoughts just 
keep in mind the power of organized people. This came to be because a group of people put together some ballot language and got the appropriate amount of signatures and, you know, just collaboration with the city, finding that middle road of, okay, maybe instead of putting a ballot, let's start to study this and convene a group of people and let's have a rapport and let's have the people vote on on um, on ballot 2A. Yeah, and I think that your your efforts ripple, like Susan said um, in the comments said, good luck Denver 2A. Susan is in Fountain, Colorado as part of this challenge. She's starting something called Fountain Together. And mm -hmm. You know, so this idea that you got going here is a, a model that others might be able to then pick up and go, oh, you know, this is how Denver is funding it. Maybe we could try that um, as well. So thanks so much for your service, doing all the cool things that you're doing. And remember, everybody, the time for action is now because there is no planet B. Have a beautiful day. And oh, and we have a Patreon uh, account now. So if you want to support the podcast at $5 a month for this amazing content, which, you know, it, where else are you going to hear about uh, this 2A? I think it's, it's pretty rare to get this kind of in, inside look. So patreon.com slash green team academy, you can become a member and get a shout out on the podcast. All right. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day. Thanks, Jasmine and Sebastian. Thank you, Joan. You bet. Thank Bye. You.